What's up, River Point? What's going on, West End? And everybody that usually would be going to Mo City, I just want to give y'all a shout out to. Over the past couple of weeks, we've been doing a collection of talks called Not Going Back. Now, I know for you and me, we're looking forward to some things going back to normal, but there are some things, maybe some habits, some ways of living that maybe we shouldn't return to. Week one, we talked about not going back to being disconnected. Week two, we talked about not going back to having a passive faith. If you missed either one of those messages, I encourage you to go back and watch those two messages from Patrick. Now, the core verse for this series is found in Ephesians chapter five. And it says this in verse 15, it says, be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. I believe that right now you and I have an opportunity not to waste a crisis. There are some things that I think, some adjustments I think that we can be making that can make a difference whenever this season is over. So today I want to talk to you about not going back to life without margins. Life out margins. John chapter 10, verse 10 says this. It says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Uh, whether you are a church person or not, here's what you need to know about Jesus. Jesus definitely wants you to have a full life. Sometimes we have made the mistake of believing a full life equates to a busy life. That if I could just keep myself busy, it'll kind of make me feel like my life is full. We have also made the mistake of believing a busy life equates to a successful life. Like if I feel, like whenever I just tell people, oh, I'm just busy, I'm busy, busy, it's like, oh, he must be successful. Some people are busy doing all of the wrong things. I grew up hearing this statement a lot whenever someone wanted to attack or demean another person. Get a life, get a life. And this made people feel like they weren't doing anything with their life. And that right there gave slow pace living a bad reputation. It made us believe that our life doesn't matter if it's not busy. That's poor people. That's for bored people. Some of us actually believe fast-paced living gives us significance because, for all honest, people admire that lifestyle. Oh, man, he, he's out there hustling. Oh, man, he, he's moving and grooving. Oh, man, he's making things happen. The word that I would say has defined work culture over the past decade would be the word hustle. Hustle. You got to make some things happen. Oh, man, come on. Like even, even the words side hustle. And it has made us all think, man, I got to I got to make some things happen. You know, the number one question I get from well-meaning people, the, 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 the number one question I get is what's new? What, what? What, 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 what you been up to? I mean, maybe, maybe you, you have the same experience. And I don't know about you, but for me, I feel an immense pressure to have a phenomenal answer to that question. I think we live in a culture that puts pressure on 
all of us to be answering that question, whether we're being asked that question out loud or not. We feel the constant pressure to do something and have something new, new project, new house, new renovation. Maybe it's a man, I getting a new job, new car, new clothes. It's like we all want a new story to tell. But what happens if we all return to a life without margins that is so busy that we achieve our goal of having something new to say, except it's costing us first financially, keeping up is expensive, okay? And even more importantly, what it's costing us is our relationships. That's right. When we're in a hurry, relationships that matter suffer the most. When we're in a hurry, relationships get caught in the crossfire of us trying to gain God knows what. You know what I love about Jesus? You know what I think we could learn from the life of Jesus, whether you're a Jesus person or not? Jesus was rarely ever in a hurry. Perhaps the most accurate description of Jesus would be relaxed. I I mean, like almost oddly relaxed at times. Here was his model and mantra that he offered his followers in Matthew chapter 11. It says, then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Then he says something that might might sound a little weird at first, but, but I'll explain. He says, for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. The word yoke was a term for a way of living. Every rabbi had their own in Jesus's day. And most of them were burdensome. Most of them wanted you to follow over 600 laws that nobody could keep up with them. Most yokes had so many do's and don'ts that people most of the time couldn't even figure out if they were keeping up with the law. Jesus comes on the scene and he says, man, that's a lot. Let me simplify your life. Jesus was shockingly relaxed in situations most of us would never be in. You may have heard the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. 5,000 people are hungry. The disciples are like, Jesus, we got to feed these people. Jesus' response, feed them. Oh, there was a story of Jesus and the disciples in the middle of a storm. Waves are literally crashing over the boat in the middle of the storms. The disciples' response, Jesus, we about to die. Jesus' response is, he is sleeping. Get this one. Um, Lazarus, one of his really good friends, someone that's really close to Jesus, he dies, okay? Disciples say, hey, Jesus, we got to go to this funeral right now. Jesus' response, four days later, okay, my time has not come yet. I mean, Jesus just had this pace that was slow and easy. And it was a lifestyle that he's inviting his first followers and us now 
to adopt. If you're not sure if you have a hurry problem, let's just do a quick diagnosis, okay? Um, This is what I like to call the hurry sickness test. Do you move from one checkout line to another because one is shorter? Do you count the cars ahead of you in traffic and change lanes to the shorter one? Do you ever multitask to the point that you forget one of the tasks? I, I have to admit, I have a hurry problem for sure. I have a hustle problem for sure. I'm a recovering workaholic, no doubt about it. I love what I get to do. In simple form, I get to help people in a variety of different ways. I write books. I have a new podcast. I teach and do keynotes. I work my butt off to do what I do with excellence and creativity. This last year, my wife and I, um, we, we bought a house and listen, it was just a nightmare when it came to moving. They broke a bunch of our stuff. Uh, they, they said it would take one trip and ended up taking three trips. Uh, I was actually headed out of town to preach somewhere. Um, and I, they said they'd be done by four. My flight left at seven. I was pulling out of my driveway and they were still moving stuff in for me to catch the flight. My wife got flowers. Don't worry. We're okay. Now, Uh, It was just, and then my son ended up having pneumonia that week. I mean, it was just an absolute nightmare. And then I come back home and then it's just unpacking boxes and moving furniture around and placing things and making sure the kids are okay. And it's around Christmas time. And so we're just moving and grooving. All right, we're going to get gifts for this person. All right, all right, who's flying in for Christmas? All right, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And it was just this nonstop schedule. And then about three weeks into owning this beautiful home, somebody says, hey, how you liking your house? And I just sat there and I'm like, um, I don't know that I have enjoyed the house. In fact, I don't think I have paused long enough to enjoy a house I worked so hard to get. It'd be a shame if we hustled to attain a life we don't even take time to enjoy. So how do we not go back to life without margins? Number one, I want you to develop a Sabbath rhythm, okay? A Sabbath rhythm rhythm. Now, I know uh, this is one of God's original principles in scripture to take a day off. I know that sounds crazy, but I can only imagine what would happen in our life if we did it. Sometimes we don't take time off because we think of all the things we could have done during that time off. But the underlying theme of a Sabbath is trusting God while we rest. What God knows about the Sabbath that we underestimate is the the idea that God can do more with our six days of work than we can do with our seven days of hustle. It is a trust issue. Um, There was a 
a client I was working with the other day and uh, I was hopping on Zoom because we're all Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. And I, I hop on Zoom and I, he said, hey man, how's your day? I said, I'm just finishing some Chick-fil-A. And he said, man, I've never had Chick-fil-A. I said, you ain't never had Chick-fil-A. How you ain't never had Chick-fil-A? This is awesome, man. You gotta have some Chick-fil-A. You, your, your whole life is about to get changed. Man, let me order you some Chick-fil-A. He said, I'm a devout Jew. And uh, unless the chicken was kosher or we found one in Israel, you know, uh, I, I'm not going to be having Chick-fil-A. I said, dude, my bad. Okay, like that, that, that's on me. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's my bad. And I said, man, tell me a little bit about what it means to be a, a devout Jew. I don't want to assume, you know, what that means for you. He said, well, I've always been Jewish, but then I married somebody that was like a devout Jew. And I said, so tell me kind of what that, what that looks like. And he says, you know, uh, we, we take a Sabbath. So every Friday from 4 p.m. to Saturday at 4 p.m., it's no electronics. It's just sitting, eating with each other. You can still have friends over. You can't drive anywhere. Somebody can drive to you, but you can't drive to them. And, there, and he just kind of walked me through it. And I said, I said, man, tell me about what that kind of did for your lifestyle a- after a while. Because, you know, I'm sure that was an adjustment. He said, at first it was really hard. He goes, now... I can't wait until Friday at four. You know what I would encourage each and every one of us to do? I would encourage each and every one of us, whether you go all the way devout Jew, it's up to you. But this is what I would encourage you that I think is very practical for each and every one of us. That there should be some time in your week where your phone goes on do not disturb. Where you just go, I am unplugged. And for some of us, it might mean just, deleting an app for the weekend. My brother does that often. He, he, he does a no social media on the weekends deal. And again, it's just, we don't realize how much it's just doing to our bodies and our minds and our souls. I can only imagine what would happen if, if we found a Sabbath rhythm. It's going to look different for each and every person. But even if our families, we just said, hey, you know what? We're, we're not going to spend our lives chasing stuff. I love what Matthew Chapter six says, it says, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? For the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. So I want to encourage you to do. Put God first with all that you have and trust him with the rest. You don't want to spend your life chasing after things. Here's the deal. God knows exactly what each and every one of us needs. The question we have to ask ourselves is have we surrendered our lives to him to say, you know what? I trust that you can give me everything that I need in this life. And I don't have to spend seven days a week, 365 days a a year trying to gain something that you would give me if I would just trust you with my life. I mean, some of us, when we could really go on vacation, how we normally would go on vacation, we wouldn't even be on vacation. Sometimes we're going, oh, I need a vacation. And then we work on vacation. I mean, what would it look like for you and I to develop a Sabbath rhythm where there's just some moments where we are off? where we are just unplugged because it does something for our souls. I don't think we should return 
to life without margins. Number two thing that I want to encourage each and every one of us to do. Let some things stay canceled. Let some things stay canceled. It might be a sport, okay? It might be a subscription. It might be a relationship. I mean, on some level, we have to begin to look at our life and go, you know what? There are some things, you know, you want to know one of the biggest differences I've seen during this entire pandemic is obviously I'm not spending as much money. (laughs) I mean, like I'm just not buying nearly as much things. And it's like, I don't know what I was doing before, but it was just like, you know what? It was like, man, you can almost get an online shopping addiction. It's like when you get kind of used to Amazon Prime and stuff just kind of showing up at your house all the time, you just kind of, just kind of get used to it. But you know what? There's some things that's going, I, I think over the past two months, I've really grown to realize, you know what? Some of the things that I thought were very important really aren't. I mean, they, they, they aren't nearly as important as, as I thought they were. <laughs> I mean, uh, you, if, if you've ever heard me speak, you have to know I'm a shoe guy, okay? I love shoes, okay? Like, that's, that, that's, that's the name of the game, and I specifically love basketball shoes. And um, it's my thing. Don't judge me. You can judge me. You, uh, you're not standing in front of me right now, so if you were judging me, I wouldn't even know. But, um, you know, about, about a month into the pandemic, I still had some shoes from Nike showing up, okay? Because just because a Nike store closed doesn't mean their online store had closed. And so I said, hey, I got a buddy. He's, he, he's, he's making it happen. So, man, I, 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 so I still had some shoes showing up to the house. And my son's like, you got basketball shoes? Again? I'm like, yeah, man, you know, I just, <laughs> you know, I, 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 had, I had to get them, you know? He's like, had to? For what? Where are you going, dude? I'm like, I don't know. And part of me is going, man, how much do I really need all of this stuff that I was constantly doing? Is there, is there something in your life that needs to stay canceled? Is there an adjustment you might need to create in your life, to make more margin in your life. Maybe it's relationally, maybe it's finances, but I can only imagine what our lives would look like if we just slowed down long enough to really enjoy the full life that God wants to give us. Uh, Yesterday, something very interesting happened at my home. Um, Our internet went out. And you would have, I mean, I mean, listen, of everything that has been canceled, okay, of everything that, that has says, hey, you can't go here, you can't do this, okay, this is opening up, okay, we're in Texas now, or we're going to do this, we're going to do, uh, of everything that like shook our world. When the internet went out at our house, you would have thought like it was a nuclear bomb that went off in, in North, I mean, it was just like, no internet. You mean we, we can't stream Netflix? You, you mean, well, how are we supposed to like live our life? We, we don't have, in, I mean, literally we're walking around different corners of the house. We're resetting the modem. We're, we're doing all of this stuff and come to find out there was some construction going on at our neighbor's house and they knocked out the, the fiber optic, I don't know, whatever line. And they were like, you're not going to have internet until tomorrow. We were like, what? What are we going to do without the World Wide Web? 
you know, I just paused in my home and I just thought, Sabbath, this is good. Because I don't know that any of us would turn off our internet on purpose. Sometimes, I think sometimes these things happen to us on purpose to let us breathe in the lives that we already have, to be able to look and see what actually matters the most. My hope and prayer for you, my hope and prayer for myself is that we would adopt the pace of Jesus. That when everything goes back to a new normal, that we would take deep breaths, that we would look very closely at our lifestyle and ask ourselves, do I need to be doing this? Is there anything in our life that we could go, you know what, what if this day canceled? I know families, they're four sport families. And you know what? Kudos to you. But are we raising Olympic triathletes? I mean, is that, is that, is that the goal here? We've got to keep these kids busy. I mean, at some point, what would it look like for us to just go, you know what? No baseball. Whenever baseball comes back. Maybe, 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 maybe it's just one sport. You say, you know what? We need a season. We need a rhythm where we just pause long enough to smell the roses and long enough to enjoy the life that we've worked so hard to have. My open prayer is that we'd be able to adopt Jesus' lifestyle where we can slow. We can slow down and really live out the full life he's promised us. Lord, I thank you so much for each and every person that's watching this message. I pray, God, that you would reveal to us the things in our life where we just need to slow down, that we would not go back to life without margins. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.